Hello, welcome to the Quippers International podcast short version where we are studying the book of Hebrews. We have finished chapter 10 and today we're going to jump into chapter 11. We are making our way through this amazing book and it's been an exciting journey. I've really enjoyed the time doing it and I hope that you've benefited from listening. Chapter 11, I'm just going to read the first three verses for this episode. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Well, this chapter 11 is the longest chapter in the book, and the writer is going to have a lot to say about faith. He's going to primarily define faith, if you will, through illustrating it in the lives of people of the Old Testament and reaching back into the history of the Jewish nation to show how many people throughout their history exemplified a life of faith. So the first thing he does is give us what has probably become the most famous definition of faith in verse 1. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, there's two or three words in this verse that have various meanings. I want to unpack the verse just with a bit of alternative translation, just to give some more color to it, to help us get our minds around what it is he's saying and defining the way he understands faith. So he says faith is the assurance, or it's actually the substance, it's the meat, it's the reality of what is expected, what is hoped for, and the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. So this whole notion of faith is all about it being something that is substantial. It is the substance. It is the reality of the expectation of things that we hope for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. It's so interesting that he defines faith as these things. Many times I think we perceive faith as like this undefinable thing. It's just something that has to well up inside of us. It's almost like it's this ethereal, undefinable thing that just happens kind of like a mindset or a disposition. And then as a result, we have this conviction. We have the substance of something before us that we could actually put our expectation in. But it's interesting that the writer doesn't say that faith produces an assurance and a conviction and an evidence of things. It says that faith is the assurance and it is the conviction. It is the evidence. So our faith is actually what is the most important thing. Our faith is the thing that carries the substance, if you want to put it that way. I'm reminded of what Peter says about faith. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of 
of Jesus Christ. What I've always carried away from this verse is that, you know, when we face many difficult situations and circumstances in our lives, we are encouraged to have faith, to believe God in those situations. And many times we want our faith to result in something that can be measurable, either a change or many may couch it in terms like a breakthrough or a shift. And the writers of scripture are not so focused on the result of what our faith may bring about. They're more focused on the faith itself. It is our faith that is actually precious before the Lord. So you see, from Peter's perspective, what he says is, that the circumstances and situations that we're facing are acting as a mechanism to actually purify our faith. It actually proves our faith so that our faith can be at a place where when we appear before the Lord, it will be our faith that brings praise and glory to Jesus. Remember, the focus is always toward the praise and the glory of Jesus, not our breakthrough or our shift or our answer to what it is we're believing God for. There's something much deeper involved here. As we walk a life of faith, we are walking before God with a disposition in our heart where our faith and our belief in God is the actual substance. It is the actual conviction. It is the essence of what the process is all about. I hope this is coming across in a way that your heart and your mind can grab a hold of how important our faith is. So he says in verse 2 that men of old, actually people of old, because he mentions a couple women in this passage that he's going to go into explaining how people of old express their faith in actual actions that they did in their lives. And he says that they gained approval, literally they gained a good testimony, meaning that when you look back on their lives, what you see in remembrance of who they were was the faith that they exhibited toward God. You know, recently I've lost my mother. She passed away in the middle of August and my mother was 87 years old and she lived a full life of absolute faithfulness and devotion to Jesus. And I could go into great detail of how blessed her life was and what a blessing she was. And I would put her right here in this chapter of faith with these people of old. And I would say, my mother gained a good testimony. What was said about her, even at her memorial service, the stories that were shared, the people that got up and spoke on behalf of their lives as they were impacted by my mother's faith was such a testimony to her faithfulness in believing God. You know, my mother, if she taught me one thing was Believe in God, trust him, have faith in him. And this is a good testimony. And this is what the writer is saying. He says in verse three that we understand through faith, first of all, that the worlds were created and prepared by the word of God, the rhema of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now we looked way back in a previous episode in chapter four and I 
spoke a lot about the Word of God as the Logos and that Greek word that the writers of Scripture take up to describe the activity and the communication of God through Jesus Christ. You remember in John chapter 1, he talks about the Word being with God and it was God and it became flesh. That word Logos describes how God communicated. But here the writer picks up this other word in the Greek, which means word, and it's rhema. It is the the actual substance that comes out of God's mouth when he speaks. It is the power to create. And he says there that by faith we believe that God spoke, and the things that we see that have been created were not created out of things that were already seen, but they were created out of nothing. This is a great, great foundational doctrine of the Christian faith is that God is the creator. He speaks of things that are not as though they are. And when he does, things are created. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. First and foremost is that our faith is rooted and grounded in a belief and a conviction that God is the creator of all things. So this introduction to this chapter is very important as the writer is laying a foundational understanding of faith. This faith that we have is the most important thing. It is our anchor. It is the mechanism, if you will, that keeps us grounded and rooted in the realities of God. And so our faith is something that is very precious. I love the little verse over in the book of Jude where he says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. You know, there are times where we just have to sit and just confess, I believe you, God. I believe you. I believe you are true. I believe all the things that you show me about who you are and what you have done on my behalf through Jesus Christ. I choose to believe it. My faith is precious, and I'm not going to let it go. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.